15. As the door closed Long Venius reached for the glass carafe. Would you like more wine? Sure, thanks. I want us to toast the festival, he exclaimed excited. The room felt cooler and less stuffy after Gladilius left them. They looked at each other and all three smiled. He's a bit special. You could say that. He seems to have an anger that never seems to cool down, even if he does everything to hide it, Cornelius said. How accurately observed young man, Longvinius said with his nasal voice. We have to keep him busy so he does not use his energy elsewhere, he continued. All three nodded in agreement, faces showing their amusement. If you'll excuse Cornelius, I would like to speak to your father in private. Publius, my son is a part of the House Optimus and one day he will take over. Cornelius flinched. When should I tell father that I do not intend to follow in his footsteps? Soon, it has to be as soon as possible, when we have a moment alone together. Tonight I will do it. Sure. If you say so. Cornelius, let me congratulate you in advance. Anyway, now to the reason why I wanted to talk to you. He looked at Optimus. Just a few days ago, I learned that the Egyptian delegation has sent an ambassador to investigate the possibilities and difficulties that may arise during our negotiations. Good. Let him wait. What? Longvinius looked surprised. He brought his hand up to his neck and started to fiddle with the necklace. If you let him wait a few days he becomes insecure and you get an advantage. Why this unnecessary drama? The Egyptians understand that I can ask the governor of Alexandria to pressure them if I want. They are a province and it's about time someone reminds them. Rome would not benefit much from the cooperation with Egyptus if you try to scare them. Delays and sabotage is the only thing you can expect. You have to think like they think. Often they give the impression of not understanding what you say, but do not let them fool you, it is a strategy to gain time. Later they will claim that everything that you previously have told them are unclear and has to be repeated and changed. Make sure you have a good, reliable interpreter. Who? Do you have any suggestions? Optimus smiled inwardly. He pretended to be thinking, but he knew immediately who he would propose. Why not use Julius Ptolemy? I have heard he is both very good and reliable. Longvinius braced himself not to reveal what he was thinking. I knew you would suggest your barbarian bastard. He who you do not want to publicly accept. Is it true? Is Dux ashamed of his son? Yes. Good idea, or we can make use of some of the Egyptian traders on Aventin. When do you think you will begin the construction of the new bathhouse on Quirinlis, Publius? Optimus asked passingly. Yes, well, I do not know, a decision by the Senate is needed so the land can become available. And so. Optimus interrupted. The Emperor will appreciate content and happy citizens. If you are going to wait for the Senate's discussions, 
Trajan will be back long before they have reached a consensus. Start now. You have no time to lose. Optimus studied Long Vinius carefully as he thought about it. He continued. When we talked about this earlier, I promised to contribute a third of the cost, if the other trading houses together accounts for as much. How are the negotiations going? Completed. Malaxius were not happy because he himself did not come up with the idea. He spat and hissed and used the most vulgar language you can imagine. Our own Roman barbarian was pissing on all from the gods to the beggars. He could not stand that you will appear as the most magnanimous of them all. They smiled. The main thing is that the citizens of both Quirinal and Viminal gets access to a first-class bathhouse. Start the project Publius, you will become a hero. Optimus prompted. Yes. Of course. You are the right as usual. We gain nothing by delaying it. Longvinius tried to sound unpretentious. He always felt an ambivalence when Dux was in the room. He did not know why but it always appeared when he began to discuss with him. Longvinius hated himself for his weakness. Cornelius was well aware of how his father manipulated the younger man. He used flattery and humility to get his will. No threats or accusations. During the conversation his father got the younger man to agree with almost all of his ideas. Ah, it is so much that must be done. Purchases of materials, contracts with artisans, water needs to be diverted from the aqueduct, land must be purchased, and, I have not been able to cope with everything myself. If truth be told, I need help. Use Cornelius. He will stay in Rome for a while. Optimus looked at his son to see if he would oppose him, but Cornelius looked pleased. Good, I kill two birds with one arrow. Cornelius can keep track of Longvinius and all decisions this man will make, good and bad. At the same time he can rest, no need to go on new trips. He looks tired. Cornelius smiled inwardly. Thank you father for your sixth sense. Now I can begin my preparations on how to start my political career. How to change Rome. To do that I must align with powerful people. Demon Axe also teached us that patience leads to success. Would you like that? It would help me a lot. What do you say Cornelius? If father thinks I am fit for the job, I accept the challenge he said with humility, while his brain was spinning with possibilities. Very good. When can you start? Now, if you need me. He looked at his father. Optimus nodded. Good, good then. Then it's done. Longvinius pressed his lips together and continued. Yes. If truth be told, I had a short meeting with the Egyptian representative and his interpreter. Yes, he had his own interpreter. I found no reason to postpone the meeting. Yes, that's what happened. Why? About what? Optimus asked quietly. 
we discussed if Rome and Egyptus should only have one special contact for the trade. I thought it would be a good solution, maybe even for the rest of the provinces, to have only one contact to negotiate with. Make things easier so to say. Longvinius' stomach froze when he looked into Optimus' eyes. Och, yeah, something that bothers you? You should have asked me for advice. The voice was completely toneless but in Longvinius' ears it was hard as stone. He wanted us to start as promptly as possible and I saw no problem with it. Publius, I'm one of the most experienced traders when it comes to business with Egyptus. Mercury's purse? How many times do I have to explain to him? Explain that he need to learn to understand the Egyptians, and how they think. Sure, yeah, good. I want to emphasize that I have not promised anything. What should I do now? Before the negotiations even has started, we are now at a disadvantage. To be able to return to a new standoff, you must offer them something. The only question is what? My thought was that a good gesture would give us an advantage. We also talked about that they, I mean the Egyptians could have a standing delegation here in Rome, here in the tabularium, to facilitate matters. My idea actually? Optimus wanted to strangle the hopeless idiot, clench his fingers around Longvinius' throat and slowly increase the pressure between his hands. Magistrate would gradually find it more and more difficult to breathe. Death would be long and painful. Instead, he gathered all the force he could muster to control himself. He took a sip of wine, it gave him time to think. Completely out of the question. If we agree to that you may as well give away our negotiating position altogether. Is this written down? Yes, sure. But, no official agreement from the Emperor's administration, only one document to speed up the negotiations. Optimus wanted to scream. Your imbecile fool. Negotiations have now instead been delayed for weeks. But he kept quiet. Not a single wrinkle or muscle twitch was visible in Optimus' face. He had learned not to show any emotions. It was a very valuable skill. Negotiations had been an important part of the trade between Rome and the provinces. Many of the trading houses had hired negotiators, but Optimus wanted to have full control himself. There were no goods that he had not negotiated a price for during all the years he struggled to reach the top. Except for women. During the time of the Republic the Senate usually contracted various trading companies to provide the legions with important and essential goods. For the last hundred years the emperors had made the decisions and the Senate tried to regulate and monopolize. To have authority of the most lucrative goods as well as weapons and other military materials was clearly in their interest. Optimus forced himself repeatedly to control his emotions. He knew he must once again explain to the young patrician fool the most basic relationships between Romans and Egyptians. Our contacts with Egyptus has been going as far back as the time of the kings Ptolemy. 
During all this time they have seen us as uncultured peasants. Their goal has always been to keep us excluded from the control of the so vital grain trade. So, ever since Julius Caesar's time, a hundred fifty years ago, Rome has been careful to maintain that control. Without grain, no bread, no bread, no satisfaction, no satisfaction, no order in Rome. Citizens will start a rebellion. This has happened many times before. It is their way of trying to influence and control us. To maintain order, our legions needs new and modern weapons. He became silent for a few seconds. Without our own contacts, vast amounts of swords, shields and spears will disappear in the bureaucracy among their administrators. These weapons will end up in hostile hands and many more Romans will die, he finished his voice dark and powerful. Longvinius flinched. Optimus knew that he had the young man's attention. Naive men are blind. Let us not fool ourselves because of the calm that currently is the status in Egyptus. I have received information that a group calling themselves Separatistum Negro, the Black Separatists, they are planning to increase autonomy at all levels. Optimus looked at Longvinius with his intense gaze. This stays in this room, right Publius? Oh, yes, of course. Red patches appeared on his neck. The system is falling apart. Bribery is becoming more and more widespread amidst Roman administrators in the provinces. Sometimes all the way up to the governor. Among the Egyptians there are many levels of intermediaries who need bribes to grease the system and make it work. Without them, trade will stop. So we need them but at the same time we cannot hand over too much power and control to the Egyptians. If there is only a single contact the number of bribes would explode. Do you understand? Optimus asked. Longvinius nodded slowly. His head moved up and down for a long time, then he said. Yes, oh well, what do we do now? You must write a letter that clarify our position and have it signed by the Princeps Senatus. Princeps Senatus was the Senate's most trusted senator. Often chosen by the others for his vast experience and contacts. He led the Senate during their meetings. The Emperor always listened carefully to his advice. What do you think will happen if the Jews once again march into Alexandria? It will not be pretty. Or if Egyptians and Jews become allies only the gods can protect us. That is not possible, is it? Make sure to get it signed by the princeps. Yes, sure, but it can be difficult, very difficult, I think. Explain that you have to set rules for the discussions with the delegation, before it starts. To gain time as you so elegantly pointed out earlier. Cornelius realized that his father's sarcasm entirely passed Longvinius without being noticed. He also realized that the Senate would manage to negotiate better with only one contact, while the various trading houses, including Optimus, would not have the same importance and would lose all the advantage they gained from bribery.
the Senate, however could dictate terms on a completely different level. If this would become a reality, the Senate had the chance to monopolize trade. Cornelius understood the danger and why his father was now doing everything to restore Longvinius' mistake. Marcus, yes, now everything is clear. Of course. What should we do? Longvinius scratched his cheek and looked with wide eyes at Optimus. Sit down and write an order. Longvinius stopped in mid-motion, the body in the bent position, just a few centimeters from the seat of the chair. An order. An order. A senator's ultimatum. Oh. Longvinius raised his eyebrows, scratched his cheek again and blinked several times. Explain that the Senate cannot give promises without the Emperor's approval. So negotiations must be restarted completely unbiased. Yes, well, sure. But I have not the power to write. This is why you should go to Princeps Senatus. He will give the order legal basis. Publius. Sometimes you have to take a risk to win. Rome is not built by cowardly men. Sure, it's clear. Yes, you're right. Longvinius flickered with his eyes. There's a reason why they have chosen you, Publius. They see you as a man of decisiveness, a man of principle, a man who makes things happen. Yes, yes, that's right. Cornelius saw his father's eyes sparkle and his lips carefully, almost invisibly bent upwards. Let's see now. What do I write? He reached for the pen, picked up a sheet and began to write. The pen was moving quickly across the sheet, paused occasionally, then continued with equal intensity. Sicut in his quaiad administration amalegatus Caesaris provincias negotiandum. As representatives of the Emperor's administration in matters related to trade with the provinces, the Senate and the citizens of Rome we reserve the right to negotiate without restrictions. All previous discussions and perceived representations orally or in writing is of no importance for future negotiations. Signed. Princeps Senatus, Lapius Maximus and the Census Magistratum Commercia, Publius Longvinius. He placed the pen next to the sheet, obviously pleased with himself. Copy the order and get both signed. Send it with the Praetorians. Optimus said. Longvinius felt immediately that his throat tightened and his mouth went dry. Princeps Senatus, was a bony, old general, with evil eyes and a hard face. During the reign of Domitian he carried out many hard and unpleasant assignments for the emperor. At one point in Syria the old general buried everyone, men, women and children alive as a punishment for helping Ophrodors to rebel against Rome. This was a man you under no circumstances would like to upset unnecessarily, but preferably had a good relationship with. With a slight shudder in his voice Longvinius said. I can send it this afternoon. Publius, it's better that you do it at once. He once again took hold of the pen, brought out a new sheet, stamped it with a rectangular seal, looked at Optimus and began to write. 
Optimus and Cornelius sat quietly and waited for Magistratum to finish. So, you did meet Prefect Atanus. What was his interest in a common trade deal? Optimus was fishing for information. Oh, huh? No, it was not the deal he was interested in. He just complained as usual. The funny thing is that he asked about a group of rebels calling themselves dark or black separatists. He was very upset, poor man. This is the same group that you mentioned earlier, right? Sounds too incredible to be a coincidence, right? Ducks, what do you say? Optimus decided that he later would ask Julius if he had heard anything. Deteriorating relations between Rome and Egyptus would not be good for anyone. He could understand that Trajan needed to crush all attempts of unrest and violence. If discovered, any instigator, linked to these rebel groups, would be crucified as surely as death is inevitable. The threats of revolt in the provinces were always a problem and the emperor was forced to take it seriously. You are probably right Publius. It must be the same group. Malasius, the uneducated brute, became wild with rage when he learned that the Senate will vote on Lex Legionari. Completely understandable. Optimus smiled. He has incited an acrid atmosphere among the other trading houses. During this morning, I have not done anything but prevented lunatics from trying to get into my office. That's why you met Optio Messius before you were let in. But father, will the new law not lead to? Optimus held up his hand to stop his son. Since our previous meeting Prefect Atanus has changed his mind with regard to the Senate's takeover of the arms trade, he does not want to pressure any senators to vote against the proposal. Now we have to rely only on the tribunes of the plebans. Longvinius said with a weak voice and the knowledge that Optimus would disapprove of the new situation. To his surprise, there was no outburst, but he noticed Dux's A's turned darker during a blink of a second. How will we manage this? If Gaius already sent the orders and borrowed money, we are in more trouble than we've ever been before, Optimus thought. When the problems with Longvinius are solved, I must handle the predicament with our temporary shortage of money. How? I should really ask myself, who? Slowly a plan started to take shape. It has to be Seleucos. He has more money than a dog has fleas. The old fox has exploited the trade between Rome and Alexandria for decades, much longer than we have done business with him. So, what can I offer? I need time. Atanus could be persuaded. He, if anyone, understands that a harmonious Rome is important when Trajan returns. Maybe you can ask him to suggest to the Senate to postpone the vote. After the Emperor is back and has got used to being back in the city someone can prepare him? Then it should not be a too big of a problem. Yes, of course, certainly, I'll talk to him. Ducks. I hope the prefect has the same insight as we have. As you are well aware of his forehead, unfortunately, is as thick as the city wall. 
Longvinius laughed heartily at his own remark. He picked up his pen and rolled it between the thumb and forefinger. Optimus smiled within himself. Publius, my stupid and naive friend it is so much you have to learn, he thought. Risus abundat in orstletorum, laughter often comes from the mouths of fools. Optimus did not feel anger or disappointment in the young patrician. He only needed to use the man sitting in front of him in the best way he could. For you Publius this is no problem. We know, you and me, that the Senate would never be able to provide what's needed to all the legions in all provinces. The army is now thirty legions, no one can manage to build an effective organization so quickly. It is an impossibility. Publius, you who understand this must persuade Atenus, otherwise a shortfall of weapons will become a risk for the entire empire. Optimus noticed that Longvinius was swallowing his flattery and after some time the indecisive man slowly nodded. Cornelius, what would I do without your father's advice? He knows everything worth knowing about trading with the provinces. Dux helped me get elected to this office and since then he has helped me a lot. I must tell you, you are lucky Cornelius, your father is the best person to teach you everything you need to know. How to avoid traps and dangers and how to negotiate with the Egyptians, Germans and now even the barbarians in Parthia. There are not many young men in Rome who get this start in his career. Thanks, I'm undoubtedly very grateful. Cornelius smiled at his father. His head was spinning with completely different thoughts. So many factors that I need to consider. The Senate is pressing hard to take over the trade, Senator Gobulus is doing everything to make this happen, regardless of the consequences, completely unreasonable in my opinion. Then you have the obstinate generals and their legatus in the provinces, they also want a piece of the cake. Yes, it's a mess. Cornelius pretended to be interested, hummed and gave off different noises to feign approval or disapproval. Longvinius paused, tapped with the stylus on his lower teeth. A hollow sound arose, and with the mouth he changed the tone of the sound. With his gaze lost in the distance, he continued. Governors are the worst sorts. They want to enrich themselves and will use any means to squeeze the trade. Now, they really see a chance to make a fortune. On top of this we now have a new delegation from Egyptus on their way up to Rome. It is hard work, you know. It's no problem for you, Publius, I know you can do it. But if you need help, I'm here for you, if you think it is appropriate, Optimus said. Longvinius burst into a smile. Egyptians are tricky, you can really help me. You can always ask me, Publius. Cornelius, did you know that the people who ruled the Egyptus before we conquered them and brought them into the empire, were Macedonians, not Egyptians? They were direct descendants from one of Alexander's generals. According to several of their scholars they had the world's largest library in Alexandria. 
they claim that it contained 100,000 books before Julius Caesar set fire to the building during his battle in the city. Caesar liberated Alexandria and helped his lover, Queen Cleopatra, to the throne. Have you heard anything so crazy? There are not that many books throughout the empire. Many from Alexandria say that all valuable thoughts and knowledge were gathered in the library. An exaggeration of course. By all the gods, how do they have the nerve to lie to us? Many claims to the contrary, Optimus said with a firm voice. Ah, Marcus, do you really believe in those old stories? An open mind brings bigger thoughts Publius. Cleopatra's own brother was opposing Caesar during the Battle of Alexandria, right? Cornelius asked. Correct. That's exactly what you can expect from those degenerate Egyptians. Even though they are not as barbaric as the Germans, Celts or Britons. Optimus' eyes were focused on Longvinius. You're naive fool, he thought. If you were not so harmless. I would, yes, what would I do with you, Publius? Degenerate? I would not say that. They lived in houses made of stone thousand years before Rome even was built, before Romulus and Remus had struck down the first wooden pole in the ground. Don't forget Alexandria was a large city long before Rome was. Yes, yes, sure you're right. However, our gods are stronger than theirs, our legions are better and our culture superior. That is why we rule over the world. A couple of hesitant knocks came from the door. It was opened and Hilius stepped in. Census, you sent for me? He said, slightly out of breath. A few small drops of sweat glistened on his forehead. He discovered Optimus and Cornelius who sat to the left of the door. He nodded hastily. Yes, of course, sit down. I want you, as quickly as possible, to produce copies of this letter. One in Latin, one in Greek and one in Egyptian. Three copies of each. Yes absolutely. When you're done, send a copy of each, with a group Praetorians to the Egyptian representative, one of each to the emperor's administrator and one back here to the tabularium for archiving. Yes sir. Hylas turned to go. He took a few steps, but when he noticed Cornelius cheeky stopped. Cornelius, I'm glad you're safe and back in Rome. I heard about the attack. The two young men felt a sort of bond between them even though they never had been close to each other. If circumstances had been different a strong friendship could have had been developed between them, but already as children they had been separated by class and money. Thank you Helius. Very kind of you. Attacks on peaceful transports are getting more and more common. The roads have to become safer. An issue that will not preoccupy the Senate, Optimus commented acidly. The traders are more than upset over the decision to bring the Lex Legionaries for a vote. We know, Longvinius replied, his voice was calm and without revealing how stressful he thought the situation was. 
Helios was glancing down on the sheet with the text he was holding. He looked up at Longvinius. His eyes widened. It looks like it will be tough negotiations. Rome must demonstrate its strength and lead the discussions, Longvinius stated Pompus. Optimus said. Census has taken a firm and sensible position before the meeting. Yes, I intend to show the barbaric stir as a thing or two about Roman determination, some seriousness, as simple as that. Ah, yes, that's one way of looking at it, but... Helios. You are not employed by me to provide unnecessary comments and certainly not policy strategies. Clear? Hylas looked like a boy who had endured his father's reprimand. With his gaze on the floor, he said. I understand. After the door had closed and Helios was out of the room Optimus said. We need someone who travels around to the provinces and prepare the other delegations from Germania, Hispania, Aquitania, Dalmatia and Syria on the new position Rome now has taken in the negotiations on trade with the provinces. Gladilius would be a good choice. You can start by sending him to Germania. What do you say Publius? Yes, sure, but why choose him? You know he hates traders and you especially. I do not understand. We give the Imperial Order the name Imperium Commercia Gladilius and he will give his life for it and ensure that it is disseminated throughout the Empire. <clears throat> Longvinius seemed to ponder. Are you sure? He asked. Optimus nodded. Yes, yes, sure. Fine, I'll talk to Atanus, he must give me a mandate to be able to use him. Cornelius was impressed again by his father's shrewdness. How does he come up with all of his ideas? This case for example, when you have an enemy, you give him something that he cannot refuse and that will make him beholden to you. Additionally, Prefect Junior Gladilius will be away from Rome. Brilliant. 